Welcome to episode 5 of Forever Yellow and Black, the post-mortem account after last night's very interesting, controversial and surreal draw against Collingwood, the old enemy. So from a Collingwood perspective, we'll speak to Paige Godona, a very uh, very well-spoken Collingwood supporter. We'll be speaking to Wayne Hankinson from the Queensland Richmond Supporters Group just to balance it out and give us a bit of a Tigers perspective. We'll have a little bit of a look at the Hawthorne game coming up next week. We really love you listening into us. This is Forever Yellow and Black. Page and welcome to Forever Yellow and Black, the uh, Richmond podcast. Um, do need to put a disclaimer out there though that you may break for another team. I do. That'd be uh, that'd be Collingwood. And uh, we we kind of know our commonalities between our teams. Very similar supporters. Yeah. Look, I think the um, the two teams have got such a long sort of intertwined history. Um, you know what we're we're a sub. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of gone uh, to war with each other, for lack of a better word, over the many decades. And, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of traditions that resonate with Richmond people as they call. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're still two of the biggest Melbourne-based clubs um, and, uh, and always have been. And, you know, both teams are known for their loyal supporter bases and, you know, very one-eyed supporters. And um, it's endearing. I like it. Yeah, and I also love that we're universally disliked now. I feel like we've caught up to you, which I'm uh, quite enjoying <laughs> as well. So, look, um, you would have been pretty happy after the first quarter last night. Yeah, look, it was um, surprising, to be honest. Um, you know, I think I probably speak on behalf of every Collingwood supporter and, you know, every other opposition supporter that doesn't barrack for Richmond um, when I say that, you know, the Tigers are the benchmark of the competition. Um, you know, they've proven that. You know, over the last three, four years, um, you know, you don't win, you know, two two flags in three seasons, you know, by, you know, any any luck. You, you do it out of hard work and um, consistency over a long, prolonged period. So um, to come in and play that sort of football off the bat in the first quarter was, you know, quite impressive. Um, you know, we probably caught Richmond out on their own game a little bit there, um, certainly in the first quarter, um, you know, the amount of uncontested marks and, you know, Collingwood really managed to sort of um, to get Richmond on the spread quite a lot. And going forward, um, there were quite a lot of options for the Pies. But, uh, you know, even at quarter time, you know, with four goals up, you can never be too comfortable about Richmond. Um, and it's something that you really respect about them. And you know it's going to be a good game. And um, to see what happened from there on, it just, you know, Collingwood love to, you know, really do away with good leads. Um, but Richmond also you know, know how to peg those leads back. Um, And they've done that time and time again. So made for a thrilling game, uh, even though it's been a a bit of a hollow feeling this morning. Uh, Look, I've got to go the opposite on the hollow feeling. I um, I actually feel like it was almost a win for us last night. (laughs) Because I I thought it was um, shades of the preliminary final in 2018. So I thought you were going to be 
probably eight to ten goals up at, at a half time. So for me, I almost feel like a win. That's a fair. Yeah, look, that that'd probably be a fair um, fair assessment of the game from from a Richmond point of view. I think from from a Collingwood point of view, I sort of sat there and went, "You're kidding me! <laughs> You're yeah. kidding me!" Yeah. Um, you know, people on social media will will talk about umpiring decisions or, or whatever. But I mean, if you're not going to kick a goal in an hour of football, um, you know, you really that's that's on you. And um, I think you know, probably the pleasing aspect, I suppose, is that um, we didn't kick a a goal in over an hour of footy and still managed to share the points with you. Still did enough to sort of stifle your, you know, consistent peppering at the the goals um, to sort of hold you off from taking the win off our hands. So, um, yeah, yeah, quite interesting feeling though. Draws are always a funny feeling. Oh, absolutely. And look, I don't want it to change. I want draws in our in our game. I don't want them to change, except for a grand final. Um, as you, you'd go back to 2010. Oh, I can tell you all about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was really impressed with your back line, to be honest. I, I think we played into your hands, kicking it high, kicking it slow. Um, but your back line looks really solid, and that's the benchmark of a, of a premiership team. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's probably, um, you know, they, Justin Leppage is you know, one of the best, you know, defensive coaches in the competition. And, you know, and he'll tell you time and time again that premierships are one off, um, off back lines and, you know, strong defence. And I think getting that mix right um, is super important. And, again, I mean, you're, you know, the Tigers have had, you know, an incredibly tight-knit, um, you know, back six, back eight, um, with or without Rams during that period. Um, and, you know, often your back line's almost going to be that team within the team. And, um I thought we were quite impressive. Um, I always kind of get nervous when the ball is really deep in that, you know, deep in the pocket or, you know, quite literally almost on that goal line. And um, sort of the one takeaway from a Collingwood, um, you know, the way in which we were able to sort of move that ball from, you know, those dangerous attacking areas and, you know, clearing it out of direct Richmond goal. So the, the, the back line stood up and, um, you know, Jeremy Howe, doing what Jeremy Howe does. I mean, he's our version of your Bashar Hooli. Um, wins the footy and then just uses it so well off the back line. Um, it was quite impressive. But, uh, you know, probably without that, we probably would have um, would have let the, the game slip and you would have taken the four points. Well, I found it really interesting, actually, when and, and I'm surprised that Dimmer didn't take the opportunity to, to, to have uh, Dusty basically on more at one stage. And you saw that with a one-on-one um, contest where um, it was actually, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, more actually, sorry. It was, uh, it was the high flyer where he was isolated with Dusty and Dusty took the, the mark one-on-one. And I just thought that could have been done more. Um, I also think your forward line um, probably wasn't as effective, obviously five goals is what I'm used to. So I think there's a lot of upside for both teams. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, obviously, you know, Lynch Lynch kicked three goals in that second quarter, I think it was. And, um, you know, that, that just goes to show what a dominant, genuine key forward can bring to a team. And Collingwood's probably their biggest bugbear is they don't have a genuine key forward. They rely on these, you know, medium types or hybrid types. Um, you know, when you've got a forward line that consists of Will Hoskin-Elliott, Josh Thomas, Jane Stevenson, who didn't play last night, Jordan Degoe, um, you know, you're talking, you know, Jamie Elliott, 
you're talking, you know, a lot of small to medium types. Um, Brody Majacek in, you know, he's probably, he's, he's the same height as Jack Gunston, um, you yeah. know, and he's playing that key forward role. And then you've got a guy, Darcy Cameron, who comes in for, you know, his debut. Um, and he's, you know, was drafted originally at Sydney as a ruckman um, and is now sort of being moved into a more of a forward player. Um, and again, Mason Cox didn't play last night, but again, he's a, that hybrid forward that isn't really a traditional key forward. So um, it's it, that's probably one area that, that Collingwood can be exposed by is they don't have that real, um, you know, that grunt of a power forward that can really command the footy. Um, they do rely on their smaller to medium types to sort of hunt at ground level. Well, it, Richmond did win a, a, the grand final in 17 with a similar kind of setup, but long term and in finals pressure, it, it, it doesn't, you know, history shows it doesn't work. So that I think that's something that certainly Collingwood are going to have to solve as a year goes on. Something else, and I'm not trying to be negative, um, but something else I think would be worrying you as a supporter is some free agency distractions as the season goes on? Yeah, look, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think the season as it is already is is very interesting. Um, you know, when you talk about guys like Darcy Moore and Jordan Dugowie, um being out of contract, um, you know, well within their rights to have a look at the landscape and see what they're able to command, um, you know, they'd be silly not to. And you'd almost encourage that, um, you know, but probably the one thing that actually you know, is plays into our hands is that those guys, you know, even if they were searching for the, you know, the millions of dollars, um, there's the teams won't be able to offer that because of the, you know, no. the, the landscape. That, and so it probably does work into our hands a little bit there. Um, you know, perhaps it means they sign for one year, maybe two, and it's a short-term contract and they'll reassess off the back of that when, you know, we, we resume to what normal was. Um, but, I probably think, you know, I'm pretty comfortable thinking that, you know, both those guys, Darcy Moore and Jordan Bigoe, will commit. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, I'm of the belief that when – if you're if you a player that plays for Collingwood or you play for Richmond um, or, you know, these big – you know, Hawthorne, you're living in Melbourne, you're playing for a big Melbourne club. Now, unless you want to return home to interstate, for an example, I just think, why would you leave? If you're going to – Every week in front of these big crowds, you're part of the starting 18. Um, you know, it, you don't really see a lot of players switch from one Melbourne club to the other. Um, no, no. It's, and I mean, it's comfortability, it, isn't it? It really is. I mean, you have to look at, I mean, I've got to go back to Lynch again, but Lynch came from the Gold Coast on big money there. He's not on that big money at Richmond for what he could have got, but he came back to play the Melbourne club. Yes, so yeah, exactly. You can, un- you can understand those decisions. I'm going to put you on the spot here. You can only keep one of those two. <laughs> Who do you keep? Look, you um, you know, it's hard. It's, it's a hard decision to make. Because um, that, be, that could be a reality. Yeah, look, be. Um, you, look, I think common sense, well, to a degree, some might disagree. Um, you know, key defenders in the ilk of Darcy Moore don't come around, they don't grow on trees. Um, you know, when you draft a key position player, um, you, you're spending two, three, four, five years waiting for them to and, and come to fruition. It's very hard to go out and buy key defenders because they are worth so much. Um, yeah. 
you know, and they are the backbone of, of your of your spine. Um, so more probably based on that. Um, you know, Jordan Degoe is a very. I think everyone knows he's a very special talent. Um, you know, but is he replaceable? Probably more so than than Darcy Moore is. Um, but look, in a, in a perfect world, you're keeping both of them, and uh, and I'm sure Collingwood would have set themselves up to be able to obtain them both. Isn't that strange to think that you know you've you've preferred Darcy Moore over to Goey? That only a year or two ago, Darcy Moore, we didn't know if we, he was going to get to this level, um, and so defenders of his ilk, they do take longer. Yeah. I look at Grimes, I look at Asprey, and they, they struggled early in career with injuries and confidence. Um, Asprey was a forward, and Moore could have been a forward or back as well. So he's the one I'd keep personally because. There's been rumours that he might even come to Tigerland. I'm not trying to <laughs> throw a cat amongst us, but that's probably just more hopeful than anything. You're right. The key defenders yeah. are so hard to get because they, yeah, you, you can get someone who can pop up for a season as that dynamic forward, even a, even a season or two, but a backman's four, five, six years. Oh, totally. And I think that's that's probably why you'd, you'd I think any footy footy person sort of worth their salt would be investing a bit more time into these big key position guys around rather than, you know, a player that's a, you know, a mid-size that can, you know, play a variety of roles. So um, that's just my thought on it. Well, it was, a, I mean, the word surreal has been bandied around for 2020, but last night really summed up 2020 in so many ways. And we really appreciate your side of the story. I think you're a wonderful supporter. Um, we'd love to have you back on this podcast to get a bit of an update <laughs> about the old enemy down the track. But uh, any shout outs to any uh, oh, look, supporter friends of yours at many. all? And um, I, I'm, I'm not even giving <laughs> the... Uh, the leg up here um, because they come hard and fast for me whenever they bloody can. But no, that I've, I've I come from a family where my uncle played for for Richmond in the seventies, um, and uh, as a result, we are all Grog Squad Richmond folk, um, and my dad's side of the family are all oh, hardcore God. Collingwood. Um, you know, so I, I fell to the Collingwood side, as have the rest of my siblings, um, and my mum converted. So. Uh, on my on my mum's side of listening, I'm sure some of you are because you're that type of supporter. Um, hello, and uh, get stuffed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paige, um, I, I think we might. Who knows? I think we might meet in a preliminary or a grand final this year, and it's going to be insane to see what happens. Um, I actually am going to yeah, wish likewise. you the best, but not against us. And we'd love it. We'd love to have you back on this Thanks podcast. Thanks very much uh, for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well. We're off to the G next Thursday night to take on Hawks, a team we've had a pretty good track record against in recent years after decades of uh, struggling against them. Another Thursday night match. So hopefully the boys have come up uh, with not too many niggles. It doesn't look like there's any injuries out of the game, but wouldn't be surprised if we see a few team selection changes. There'd have to be a little bit of pressure on Daniel Rioli. Had a great round one um, match against Carlton. Did seem to go missing like a lot of our players did on Thursday nights. I don't want to single out Daniel, but I think there might be a few changes. Um, People like Bolter, who in the uh, basically scratch match uh, on Wednesday, Thursday, played really well. So it could be a few little selections. Um, And, you know, with the season being so short, maybe it will be 
the team changes based on the length of the season, but also on the direct opponent. Uh, so we'll see some moves like we may never have done before. And we'll do a preview game later on over the weekend, early next week for the Thursday night game. Go Tigers. Which one comes in there? Is uh, Poole back on the field? Yeah, he's made a remarkable recovery. Only nice handball to Francis. A lovely long kick. Roach! We've been lucky enough to have a great amount of people wear the number eight and some absolutely fantastic footballers, obviously Jack being the latest, uh, Dick Quay, Michael Roach. And Michael Roach, born 9th of October 1958, comes from Tasmania, another line of uh, brilliant Tasmanians that, that have made their way to Richmond. Played from 1977 to 89, 200 games, 607 goals, premiership player in 80. It was our leading goal, goal kicker, 79 to 81. 83, and then 85, 86, 87. Won the Colin Medal in a grand final year in 80, and then again in 81. Played three interstate games, All-Australian 1979, Richmond Hall of Fame inductee 2002, and one of our marks of the century. Absolutely brilliant mark, and that mark was taken against Hawthorne, the team we're coming up against next Thursday. Forward zone, Edwards trying to force his way through. Well, thanks for coming on to the uh, podcast today, Wayne, and we really appreciate your time like we do with all Richmond supporters. Mate, not a problem. Excited to be here. And, um, well, you know, no loss last night, so I'm still excited. It Strangely for me, honestly, with the last minute or so, it actually felt like a win. I, I thought we were gone for most of the night, so I'm still kind of buzzing. Mate, uh, they came out and played Richmond footy, and um, we were kind of... Uh, we were there, but we were in a bit of a daze, I thought. Uh, and then we came back and we started playing Richmond footy. And bearing in mind, it's 25 to 1. Final score, 36 maths. Um, they nearly snatched it at the end, but I thought it was a pretty good result to get a draw out of that, to be honest. Yeah, and I think they um, I think they also had a couple of opportunities probably to go even, even further in front. Um, we just didn't look on. And I think the shorter quarters this year... No team at all is going to be able to afford to start slowly. Um, we're going to see, I think we're going to see, see a season of upsets, to be honest. I think it's going to be quite a few. It's going to be very interesting, isn't it? That 16-minute thing, it's, uh, it's a little bit uh, hard to get used to, but it's certainly, as you say, don't take your eye off the ball for a second, so to speak. You're gone otherwise. Yeah, we, uh, we spoke actually uh, earlier in the podcast to a Collingwood supporter who's... Uh, cool. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. They uh, they come in all sizes, shapes, breeds, teeth, everything. You but um, she she was actually she actually a very fair supporter, and and she was you know very similar belief. And uh, you know people are going to talk about umpiring decisions, but you've got four quarters, and we've we've been dudded by decisions over the years ourselves. Oh, how many times? You know, every single supporter of every single team can sit down and have a cry fest. Absolutely. I think that um, I think one of the the big things for me last night is just that the it's not only the depth, but looking at how teams are going to now try and match up week to week. It's almost like an NFL scenario. Mm. So we face Hawthorne next week, and you're almost looking at your at your playing personnel based on each team, not 
necessarily the best 22 every week. Oh, absolutely. Well, what about Ivan Soldo last night? I thought, you know, pound for pound, he was arguably our best player. And, um, mate, against Grundy, like, uh, you know, Nankers is my favourite player. But seriously, that was the right call last night. And that was that was such an important call in us winning that game. Yeah, and, and just the mobility of um, Soldo to be able to follow him around the ground, I think. And the free kicks that he did give away were free kicks not in dangerous positions. Mm. Um, so 60, 70 out instead of, you know, 30 or 40 and having a shot. Um, so, look, a lot to take out of it. And, and a lot that none of us, no matter what we say, have any idea. We don't know the machinations, but we did look a little bit like deers in the headlight. Even, even Dusty was just off, you know. Just some of the kicks he did last night were just very undusty-like. Mm. It's well, you know, there's nothing like match practice, is there? You know, it's like uh, I was watching the golfers in the PGA Tour today, and mate, some of them are rusty. There's only so much, so many ways you can practice. You know, you got to go out there on the on the pitch to to practice properly. You know, so I think we'll be better for it, and we'll be um, stronger next week. Undefeated for a year, mate. I I cannot believe, as a Richmond supporter, we can say that. Uh, They're different days to what we've experienced over the blood, the mud, and the beers years. I think that's exactly right. And I think that's why we're smiling today, even though we got a draw last night. So, Wayne, you're not a you're not a three one two one boy. You, you you've been born somewhere else. So, tell us a little bit about that. Brizzy, mate. Brizzy born and uh, grew up in rugby league heartland and grew up a rugby league boy. So, um, still love my league. But uh, you know, it's a lot of people ask me how did I become a Richmond supporter, and you know, there's nothing really. <laughs> there's no big story. Um, it was the Tigers, um, my local league team, Eastern Suburbs Rugby League. They're the Tigers. Uh, very, very modest and very, very average days of my league career. Played a couple of trials for them. And, mate, Richmond were the Tigers. So it was it was nothing more exciting than that. Um, and it's just grown over time and developed. Well, I've done um, it's it, I've done something quite similar. I was uh, I grew up uh, obviously Richmond boy growing up in Melbourne, but I followed Belmain for a number of years <laughs> as a kid because of the Tigers. Um, but I'm now a Storm boy because as soon as they came in, I went well. Just a second, I need to follow a team that's you know kind of local. Mm. I still have a soft spot, and I used to go to East all the time. So uh, East uh, in Brizzy there, mm. and what a club they've got now! My goodness, our uh, our our original uh, venue for the uh, Queensland official supporters group, mate, uh, Eastern Suburbs Rugby League. Did not know that. So you may be, are you one of the life members of the Queensland Richmond supporters group? Uh, Yes, I am. So tell us a little bit about those days, mate, and what's happening now. Mate, uh, look, well, obviously we kicked off in 2004. Um, Basically, I went to a Richmond and Lions trial game pre-season down at Cooparoo, Aussie Rules. And I remember young Grant walking around handing out flyers for this um, official Queensland supporters group. Uh, what the heck is all that about? I want to go to the footy, mate. And um, anyway, you know, that sort of grew. I got to know Grant and, uh, yeah, met a few of the other boys. And uh, we kicked off, so we better get a venue. So, um, mate, Eastern Suburbs Rugby League, they were the Tigers. And we approached them. Uh, they were very, very hospitable. Um, that was all pre the uh, the new club. I mean, that was the old club, the way it was. And we used to get the auditorium uh, quite a lot week after week. Wow. Uh, or there was another little room which was down the other end, which sadly got demolished because we used to love it. They used to stick us down there. And, mate, it was, I, I sat there the day Richard kicked 10 goals. And it, we just went off. We went bananas. 
and we could make as much noise as we want. And we used to rock up uh, every Tuesday night and do meat tray raffles. Uh, we sit there and we get the regulars coming through and we're on a roster. So the money went in the tin with the meat trays. And, um, yeah, mate, that was our humble humble beginnings. And, of course, we've grown to, um, I believe, a very, very good supporters uh, group today. There's some amazingly um, talented people who are amongst that group. And, obviously, we uh, interviewed El Presidente the other day and loved speaking to him and, and, and yourself and, and others have really made it feel like a, a family again. In Queensland, it was quite, um, at some stages, there was a lot of groups saying they were the Richmond supporters group in Queensland, and uh, it was quite fragmented, but I love the fact we've got Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast and, and obviously the, the main Brisbane base as well. So it's a, it's a credit to everyone. If No one gets paid for this. You know, mm. if, if anything, it costs you money to do these things. Mm. And, you know, we, uh, we are in the lost years. You know, we all know about the lost years. Uh, very, very difficult to rally uh, troops in uh, those sort of circumstances, you know, where you've got people, obviously. I heard, uh, I heard Dylan's uh, interview, you know, and he went through from everything from the spitter to, uh, you know, the dumping of a uh, certain truckload of stuff at the front of Punt Road. So, you know, they're, they're pretty interesting times. And, uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's hard to rally people in that. So, you know, we're on the upswing, fantastic. We've built it up again. And... Um, yeah, just keep blazing forward. Yeah, it's 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 been pretty amazing, and and uh, my dad always, you know, I, I've spoken about this previously. I used to curse my dad and, and say to him, "Why do I have to follow Richmond? We're never going to win a grand final." <laughs> and and he and he was adamant. He said, "You're going to have good times. You just have to be patient and enjoy it." And those words stuck with me, mate. And some I said to Dylan the other day that some of the worst times have been some of the best times oh, yeah. following Richmond. You know, you've enjoyed every single win where I think some of us right now actually are starting to take it for granted. Some mm. of us. Mm. Mm. There would be some. Uh, that's definitely not me because, uh, you know, you know, I mean, we were only a breath away from a loss last night. So you don't, you just can't take it for granted. And uh, seriously, you know, the, uh, the bad times, uh, they will come back one day. We just hope they're not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's just keep the um. Let's keep the the kind of um. The length of those bad times a bit shorter because every club's going to have them. Um, you know, we I, I can see. Hopefully, um, I don't. I shouldn't even say this about another club, but hopefully, Geelong get another loss tonight. And who knows? Who knows if overspent on Kelly? Yeah. And all good times must come to an end. You've just got to keep them a bit shorter. Yeah. Um, and that's why I give huge credit to clubs like Hawthorne, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. They've won a, a grand final in every decade that I've known. Incredible. Um, mm. So even though people have said, oh, they've had bad times, I can't see where those bad times are. Uh, they've been very, very short bad times, haven't they? So, um, yeah, that would do me. I'd be very happy with that. So, um, yeah, if I was getting criticised for that at my club, uh, I, I would take that on the chin and just smile. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, look, there's been a fair bit of talk uh, about umpiring decisions. I don't need to go over those anymore. I mean, the, the, I suppose the one thing I did want to touch on is the holding the ball, diving on the ball last night seemed to be gone. Mm. You know, anyone who dived on the ball, I don't think there was a holding the ball from people diving on it from what I can recall last I don't think night. there was one. And I think that actually changed the dynamic of the game. And I think it made it a scrum fest um, to an extent because players knew they could drag it back in. It happened both teams on multiple occasions and, and it made for a pretty poor... I mean, you know, a lot of people decried, oh, you can't just grab the ball, the guy going for it, you know, he can't get holding the ball. 
But last night gave an example of why that is actually a pretty good rule. Well, you've got 16-minute quarters. And, you know, that's the thing. It's desperation. So, seriously, they, um, you know, they're aware of the penalties, giving away freeze. Uh, they're highly aware of it. Um, thankfully, we never had Razor last night, so that was another <laughs> that was another blessing. But, you know, um, you've got to be aware of it. The coaches, they're not stupid. You know, they're coaching to the way the rules are. They're coaching to the change in the rules, you know, the shorter quarters. Um, yeah, good on them. Good on them for doing that. So there was a there was a fair as we know most players were down last night. There, there wasn't too many players who who really um, stood tall. But geez, it shows the highlight of recruiting Lynch. Those um, three goals, um, I believe, in the second yep. quarter, uh, were just instrumental in keeping us in the game. And, and and he did that so many times last year. He only has, only has to have a quarter, a quarter and a half, and he's going to be a match winner for us. Absolutely agree. And who would have normally been there to kick those goals, Jack? And they're all over him like a cheap suit. He just he was just wandering around last night, but he was marked. He was marked out of it. And uh, Lynchy's over the other side and said, "Oh, that's three goals. Thanks very much. Could have had four if it one went across the face. Hey, that would have gone, been the winner if it hit the middle two oh, posts. You know, ab- so absolutely. And the thing about Jack last night, and just going back and having a look again, just to make sure I was correct here, he seemed to be really playing very far behind the um the ball. If you, and he was coming into the contest really late, so that's just timing. And and I think over the next few weeks he'll get that timing back. Um, there was an article today even saying, um, "Is Jack's time up?" Oh my god! <laughs> Can I guess who wrote that? <laughs> it's one of three. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just, I mean. It, it, I really want to read football articles. I barely do anymore because they they are so much clickbait. What they're advertising is not what's presented. Um, so I'm really hoping you know journalism doesn't die the death it's dying at, uh, dying at the moment, mate. Because the quality of of articles is horrendous. Oh, I totally agree. And it's it's across all sports and it's across all subjects too, by the way. But you know, in sports, it's an absolute disaster. Uh, I don't want to get too political, but we all know that the media is very pointed in one direction. Um, you know, we've got the abolition of, of all the local newspapers. I mean, yeah, they're owned by one person anyway. But with those going, you know, we, we lose all of our local sports. So all the local Aussie rules teams, you know, they don't have anything anymore, you know, to, to put in the paper. The kids, you know, the next, you know, the superstar coming through. It's yep. really, yep. really sad. So you've got to go digging hard to find decent reading in journalism. Look, you do, and I think it actually presents a really good chance for um, social media to, if, you know, it's mainly anti-social media, but this is a really good chance for clubs to tell their own stories. Um, So hopefully we're seeing more blogs come back into play, some really serious articles. I think there is a really good chance from from demise often comes the... uh, uh, a, a chance, mate. So I'm hoping that we we see the resurgence in, in football. There rowing. is always an opportunity in every disaster happening and you just got to go and dig for it. And yeah, you know, if you focus just on the negative, hey, you won't go and find the good stuff. Simple as that. Exactly right. So Wayne, for any, um, any Tiger supporters that are in the um, Brisbane or, you know, Gold Coast kind of Sunshine Coast areas, um, why would you recommend they come along and watch a game, you know, at the Shaftston or any of the other uh, venues that we, we hold? Oh, look, I, I would recommend because of all, all I can, all I can do is give testimony. I hear so many testimonials of people coming up to me at games and that's the first time here, you know, say it's the Shaftston. That's where we gather in Brisbane. And, yep. you yep. know, 
some some of the stuff it's 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 actually pretty touching <laughs> because they're yeah. a bit lost out there. And I remember last year, um, you know, before the grand final at um, <laughs> the Normandy was, uh, you know, it, it was trying to get itself up and running again. And it was advertising about, you know, Richmond supporters to go and watch the grand final. And I, I just got on there and said, hey, our meeting place is Shafton. That is our official, you know, supporters group. And, you know, one guy contacted me personally. He said, mate, thanks so much for that. He said, I didn't know anything about that. So he went. He went to the Shafts, and I, I can't even remember his name. If he's listening, he might get in touch with me. But um, he was from the Sunshine Coast. So, you know, we create an atmosphere. We create camaraderie. We are we are the people that get together that want to watch the footy and Richmond together. You know, we, we don't let other groups in. We've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> so we no, try no. to be nice, and they do too. And it's the right atmosphere. So, you know, we create that atmosphere. And I think the thing is, mate, we are, we are building momentum up here. We're building numbers. And, um, mate, we're building a goddamn revolution for an absolute legacy for this club. Seriously. So I would just say to oh, people, look, get along. Put your toe in the water. Uh, if you don't like us, tell us and we'll try and change what you don't like. Uh, we're very family friendly. Bring the kids along. And, um, yeah, look, listen to the testimonial. Yeah, you've had to um, you've had to uh, remind me of the uh, families around. Um, I do get a little bit loud at times, so uh, I think I might scare off the kids a little bit. But the the venue is fantastic. The people are brilliant, and you actually really feel like part of the family. We we have so many people, as you've said, they've just come um, they've come from interstate or they've come from somewhere else, and and they don't have that many friends yep. at that stage. And so many friendships have also been born from supporting this club and, and being local. And I can't speak highly enough of you guys bringing me into the pack in, in pretty dark times in my life um, when I wasn't too well. And I just absolutely cannot wait to get back to games and cannot wait to get back to the 20, venue. 2017, mate. mate, I can see you're still bounding around there. That one game we had at the uh, Lord Stanley, the qualifying final against, uh, dare I say, <laughs> the Giants, FIFA fumbles again. And, um, you know, just, just to go back on what you just asked me again very, very quickly. Um, we started at Eastern Suburbs. We went from Eastern Suburbs to the Broadway. We all know what happened to the Broadway. We <laughs> went to the Normandy. Guess what? We went to the Normandy and there was a fire there as well. Can you believe it? And, you know, we've been everywhere. We've, we've been journeymen. We even spent a couple of games at the Maruka Roosters. And it's taken a while. We've even been to the Aussie Nash. It's taken a while to yep. actually cement our place which is at the Shafton in Brisbane and you know look what Peter's done down there on the Gold Coast he's had a similar journey he's been around a few different locations before they settled on sharks and they're treating them really really well so the venues that we've got now are not by accident they're, they're actually quite a long journey it's a bit like Richmond it's been a journey to get here and it's almost like the two have come together at the same time quite interesting how it's all taken place and, and I don't think there's any surprise there that the, the venue's chosen or eventually they chose us, whatever you want to, want to say. They're both absolute quality. Um, the Sharks, I've been there so many times in my life. Uh, absolute first-rate complex. And we're not getting paid by the Sharks nor the Sharks. I'm putting that straight out there. But they're just great venues to come and watch footy. So any Tiger supporters coming up on holidays or um, who live in, you know, the Queensland area, come along. You know, we'll advertise if there's events up north further and, and places like that as well because it is a Queensland supporters group, not a Brisbane Correct. supporters group. And, Wayne, 
Absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Um, now, we're taking on Hawthorne next week, and we'll do a preview show in a few days' time. But give us a little bit of insight what what, what you think is going to happen there and, and, and maybe even a margin. Well, uh, my margin was wrong last night. I said seven points. I have been known <laughs> as the guru on the odd occasion. Uh, don't forget, I did say in 2017 we were going to win the flag. I was very confident. So I had a feeling that year. Um you actually did, and you said it a few times even when I, we were I struggling. So. It, and I particularly said I knew it was going to happen once we beat North Melbourne because when you eliminate your bogey teams, then you're on a rise. Your confidence is building. Hawthorne next week. Mate, it's going to be interesting to see after tonight, isn't it? It's a bit hard to sort of uh, have a punt. We don't know pun intended. We don't know how they're going to turn up tonight, but um, Hawthorne no, always no. do turn up. Um, they love playing us. I mean, you know, you've got two mates, good mates as coaches, which makes it even more interesting, doesn't it, with Clarko and Dimmer. Um, but, look, I don't know about a margin. I'm going to go even less. I'm going to say 11 points next week for us. It's going to be extremely... I don't know if I can do that two weeks. I don't know if I can do that, that tight game well, two I weeks in a row, mate. I just think that's the way the season's going to be. You know, I, it, there won't yeah. be a blowout with, if there is, with 16-minute quarters. Oh, my God. That's going to be interesting. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go 11 points, mate. And I think um, I think you'll see significant improvements. I thought what Dusty did after the first quarter last night was very dusty um, <laughs> in, yeah. in a good way. And I think everyone will actually next week turn up. And I think it'll be the same with Hawthorne. You know, they'll they'll rock up. I mean, it'll be a bash-a-thon tonight. They play their arch enemy. And it'll be game on. Oh, absolutely. Wayne, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on board. Um, you've, you know, welcomed me into the fold uh, and we're all a bigger part of the Richmond family. So we hope to have you on in future weeks. And uh, as always, Mate, go Tigers. As Tigs. always, go Tigers. And uh, if I get back on again, I'll tell a little bit more of that intricate story of how I became a Richmond supporter. It's, um, it, it is a few more twists and turns there. But uh, well done, mate. Love the interview. Have a great night. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Thanks, Wayne. See you, mate. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Forever Young on Black. You can join the conversation on Twitter at Forever Young on Black, Facebook at Forever Young on Black, and my personal Twitter account at Paul underscore football. And as always, go Tigers!